What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Pro and Bro Wrestling Podcast. We are your host. I'm Arnold Telegaarda. And I'm missing no days off, Fred Rosser. And this is episode 60 of Pro and Bro Wrestling, another episode of Sitting Under the Learning Tree. I think it was episode 39 when we had uh, our good friend Drew Chimnick on, who's got experience in WWE production. But this time, we're going to have to go into the writer's room and, you know, just get to 411 and share stories. And I always say, don't die with a story and you tell it. And this episode, he's got his own podcast, We Watch Wrestling Podcast. Uh, he's been in commercials, most recently, Progressive, I believe. And he's none other than Matt McCarthy, uh, former writer with WWE, still making moves. Thank you, Matt, for joining us on Pro and Bro Wrestling. I always say, don't die with the story and you tell it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to see you. Matt, you wear a lot of hats, man. I feel like you do it all. Comedian, writer, podcaster. I want to know a little bit of your background, man. Like, what was your childhood like? And were you always into uh, comedy and wrestling growing up? Yeah, yeah. Those were the two things. Uh, I mean, shit. The um, earliest memory I have is being in... I, I, I would have been too old to have been in a crib. So it must have been a bed with like, you know guards on the side like i remember standing in like waking up in the room i shared with my older brother and him being like matt look wrestling's on because we had a tv set for a coleco vision and uh i remember it was the god this was so long ago it would have been champ we grew up in new england so it was championship wrestling but it was the bob backland open wow yeah, would, my yeah. coach baby my coach Right. Well, started now. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of my story too. Those those vignettes. Uh, that's that's when I got because I was on the creative team um, from 2011 to 2012, and then I came back as a consultant uh, in LA. Like I didn't go to TV and stuff from 2016 to 2018. So those. So I wrote those. Wow. Um, oh. So the whole, wow. you, you wrote yeah. that segment with the whole make uh, Demi Young great again, that was you? That was, that was, I mean, this is, this goes to show that it's like, Vince is always open to, like Michael Hayes always loves to say, it's like, boss lacks options. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so this was an idea um, that Fred had. Yeah. And then... I think Koski, Ed Koski called me on the phone and explained it to me. And he's like, you know, uh, write, write up something. So I wrote up like a long thing and they kind of got cut up into, into smaller ones. And like, it was just, I just threw in the line as a joke. You know, I kind of figured it was going to get cut was like make Darren Young great again. Yes. And then that wound up being what the vignettes were called. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, so that made, made me doubly happy. I was like, oh, good. They, they liked it enough that they, uh, they named it that. But yeah. What did you think when you first um, heard the pitch uh, about the whole Bob Backlund being uh, Darren Young's life coach? Did you get it right away? Did you get the vision right away? And you were like, cool, I got it. No, no, I, I couldn't have. I thought it was uh, a, such an odd pairing. Um, <laughs> you know, that I was like, I was like, really? Um, but I... But which made me love it because I was like, I would never would have, I never would have thought, you know, those two together. 
Yeah. Um, but I think, it, but it worked, you know, of like, because Bob's just, he's a nut. Like he's just the best, you know, I was, I was excited to write something for Bob Backlund just in general. Cause I was like, this is, I, I, I once, I didn't understand the pairing, but once I thought about it for a couple seconds, I was like, oh, this is going to be good because it's like, because it is an odd, you know, um, strange bedfellows type of thing. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah, totally. Uh, Matt, Matt, let me, let me kind of dig into that because how it, how it came about, you know, years ago, I had did signings with Bob Backlund and I like to do my signings standing up. I like to engage with the fans and he likes to do the same thing as well. So as I was watching him, I said to myself, you know, tag teams, don't last forever. And once I'm done teaming with Titus, I like to have Bob Backlund as somewhat of a manager. There's not many managers in wrestling, maybe a life coach. So uh, once it was all said and done with Titus and I, the one thing I learned from Titus is the most intimidating thing about Vincent Mann is his office door. Once you get through his office door and have a game plan, then, you know, the sky's the limit. So, you know, that's something I learned from Titus. So when I proposed it to Vincent Mann, I had it all written out. I had visuals and I actually kind of took the idea from Mike Tyson and his trainer, Cuss, you know, Mike was just like tunnel vision with, you know, his former trainer, Cuss, and they were like strange bed bedfellows. Like you didn't know why, you know, Mike Tyson was just so tunnel vision with Cuss. And that's how I kind of saw myself with Bob Backlund and um, Vince, Vince and I for 20 minutes when I walked in the office, he, we talked about yoga. He was asking me like, man, how do you get such a big barrel chest? And I said, Vince, yoga, you know? He's like, really, yoga? And I talked to him, I said, it fixes your posture so you're not slumped over and squeezes your rear deltoids back. And I was just talking a bunch of BS, but I was like looking him right in the eye. Like I had a game plan. This is what I wanted to do. And he, uh, called up Bob Backlund and Bob was down with doing the storyline and you know the rest was history I always I, I've done plenty of interviews I, I and I talk about Vince I say I'll never have a bad thing to say about Vince man because he gave me an opportunity he's been kind to me many times one time when I was um, uh, you know me and Titus were baby faces and after a match I was like uh, I came to the gorilla position and Vince was like this, come here. He's like, Darren, you're such a handsome young man. Let the people in, smile. You, you, get, a, you get a W and you're like, Ur, Ur. So that's what I learned from Vince. Great stories about him, but that's how the storyline uh, came about. And then you guys took off with it. Yeah, the other interesting thing was, I don't know... I feel like it might have, if it was Vince's idea, it was not my idea to have you both, you know, like picture in picture next to each other. I don't know where, I, I, that might have been a Vince idea, which made it very unique because it wasn't, um, it wasn't clear how you were talking to each other. It wasn't like, <laughs> are they, are they FaceTiming? They're not in the same place. Mm -hmm. It just was this, you know, kind of nebulous television world where you're and you're both talking to the camera but to each other. So it added to that um I don't know, there was there was a, like a surreal element to it that I that I enjoyed. I think it was foreshadowing 2020, right? How everyone's doing Zoom. I think uh 
Fred and Bob Backlund. It's just absolutely, man. Absolutely. They they saw the future and they know where it was going. We were just not there with them, you know? I know. It's crazy. It's one of those things where looking back now, it makes more sense. Yeah. uh, it's, It's amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, man, you talked about, you know, uh, watching wrestling from an early age. I did too. You know, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. Um, Growing up, who were some of your favorite wrestlers? Oh, God. I mean, um, you know, Hulk and Snuka and Piper and, uh, geez, uh, the Road Warriors. um, I loved... uh, you know, that's that's when I was really small. And yeah. then, um, I mean, I was just a complete Hulkamaniac and, um, you know, loved, uh, I loved uh, Mr. Fuji, even though I wasn't supposed to, like yeah. he was, a, he was, he was the worst. He was such a bad guy, but I was like, you know, I remember watching the, um, the late, like being up late and watching the, um, Halloween episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, okay. and it like anything Halloween I just love. But then it was you know there's going to be what what do they call it like a kung fu challenge between Ricky Steamboat and Mr. Fuji, and I was just like <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've ever heard of because it was also like just <laughs> the the early mid '80s, and it was like we all love ninjas for some reason. Sure, yeah, and kid, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so I was just like really excited about that i remember um but yeah i mean then um gosh i i i think i i just became so enamored with hulk um but i remember at the time my absolute favorite like i couldn't believe it and it was like uh my favorite feud was when um jake roberts and, and rick rude uh got into it over uh Jake Roberts' wife being front row and and Rick Rude was was trying to seduce her and then he had the tights. He had the tights yes. with her face on it. Yes. And I'll never forget the weekend that, you know, Jake Roberts was like, you wear those tights, you're gonna lose them. And 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 Rick Rude, like he had a match against, you know, just an enhancement guy. And then he pulls off the tights he was wearing to reveal he had the Cheryl tights on underneath the whole time. And the snake hit the ring and uh, ripped the tights off of him. And there was like a big censored, like over, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> over, yeah. over his, you know, undercarriage. And uh, I, it, 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 I was like, this is the craziest thing I'd ever seen. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. But, yeah. um, you know, that and... Uh, that and seeing, I must have, somebody must have rented a, um, a copy of the best of WWF volume one, uh, Coliseum home video, um, which, uh, I, I have it over there actually somewhere right there. Um, where they, uh, mean Gene got trained by Hulk Hogan I remember that. Uh, <laughs> to be in, to be in the tag match against, uh, George Steele and Mr. Fuji. Yeah. Uh, that, that was that wasn't my earliest memory watching wrestling but it was like my most vivid to the point where i saw it when i was so young that and obviously this is you know before the internet and right. and, and all that stuff that years later um when i finally saw it again uh i was so excited and relieved that i hadn't imagined it 
You know what I mean? Like, it was like, I was so young that I was like, God, did that really happen? Like, has that, my memory changed over the years, but it was like beat for beat, everything that I remembered, like <laughs> wow. them, like him showing up, Mean Gene smoking a cigar in his kitchen and making him, you know, drink the raw <laughs> eggs. And, yes, yeah. Uh, them running and, 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 and Oakland stopping at a, uh, like, you know, at a hot dog stand to buy like a bratwurst <laughs> and a beer. And I just, yeah. you know, oh God, I loved it. Love that. I love that era so much, man, because I feel like a lot of people really gravitated to the Hulk Hogan era or, you know, what they call the golden era. And it's so interesting because it's so uh, very comic book like, very um, imaginary heroes come to life. But at the same time, at our age, you know, um, it, it felt so real. You know, you believe in them as oh, superheroes yeah. and you were so invested in them. And it was it was just a really cool time. You know what I still have is... Um... I remember my brother cut it out of the Providence Journal for me, and I still have it hanging up, is the, the oh, wow. article from the sports page uh, Monday morning after the first WrestleMania. That's so you awesome. got so you got Mr. T with Piper up in the, uh, you know, fireman's carry. Um, yeah, it was just a part of my life immediately, you know? Wow, the um, coolest office, man. I would love to. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Really cool one of these days, man. I got, uh, I got, I got all my wrestling tapes over there, and some eight by tens on the, on the wall and stuff. This is my yeah. favorite. Is um, my Piper and Roddy wow. fighting each other? Oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. You have a lot yeah, of figures in there, man. That's a lot of gems in that room. I, I'm not fooling around. I got well, you're I'm, not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm, I'm like, I'm living in a, uh, this is, you know, if the internet ever goes down, it, it won't affect me. I got plenty to do <laughs> to read and to watch in here for sure. You know, I miss those days where on the weekends I would go with my parents to Blockbuster and I would go to the wrestling section and I would great, I would like, um, buy a rent one of those like Coliseum videos. And, um, you know, I, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think as a kid that something like Blockbuster would run out of business, right? You would think something like that will last forever. Now, when you talk to kids these days and you say, be kind, rewind, you don't know what they're, they don't know what you're talking about, right? I know it's crazy. My son is, uh, he'll be five at the beginning of November and um, he'll never, it, it, it dawned on me very quickly. I was like, he'll never he'll never know the feeling of there being nothing on, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? I also, I just, I, I, the, I love, I mean, like I'm, I'm surrounded by videotapes and I got a whole case of them and DVDs and stuff. Um, so I love the, the, just the physical media and the look of it and the artwork yes. and stuff. Um, but I also just going to the video store, part of what I miss is, the thing you wanted to rent being out and then you had to find something else. Yeah. You know, there's, there's too much, I don't know. There, there was just, there's something, there's something lost in, Oh, I can just watch the thing I wanted to watch right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it almost makes, it makes those things less special. Sure. And it also, I miss out on things I would have never thought of. You know, because sure. when I'm like scrolling through Netflix or whatever, it's just like everything kind of runs together. And the idea that it's there forever, 
you know, I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. Yeah. You know, the, exactly. the amount of things that I'm like, ah, I'll get to it. Exactly. Um, as opposed to looking and, and seeing, like, ha like holding it, like I'm surrounded by tapes, like holding it and being like, what is this? Yeah. Or even, God forbid, asking the kid who works there, like, well, I wanted to rent this movie. And he's like, oh, you know, you, you would like, or like, you know, you're like, oh, I love this. What, what else do I get? Right. I, I miss that experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, as a kid yeah. watching wrestling, uh, did you know that that's something you want to, uh, be involved with growing up? Did you know that that well, I had to get into wrestling somehow? And I know you're also a comedian as well. So like, when when did it all like happen? Like, did you have to decide, oh, comedian or wrestling, or did you always know you wanted to do both? Well, it's funny. I mean, I always wanted to be a comedian. Uh, I always wanted to do comedy. I didn't, you know, especially when, God, before it was even Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. when it was when it was just called the comedy channel um i loved the stand-ups but i was also much i was always more drawn to like uh the comedic actors like uh, like john belushi and john candy or um you know even you know especially getting to watch saturday night live Reruns, please say Chris like, Farley. Please say Chris oh, Farley. Oh, forget it. Of course, Farley. My yeah. All time favorite. I was devastated as a kid when he passed away. Devastated. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like it was like right on top of each other, him and Phil Hartman. Mm. Um, my, my, I, I think my all time favorite on SNL is uh, Jan Hooks, though. She was just, she was, she was so good. It's like you didn't realize it. You know, until like looking back, I was like, she was flawless. Like she could do anything. Um, God, absolutely love her. Um, but it was um, when I got, cause I started getting into more comedy writing things on TV, you know, I would do some acting stuff here and there, do some TV spots with stand up here and there. And um, a couple small, you know, uh, contributing ideas here and there with, uh, with, with small shows or doing an appearance or writing my own material type of thing that um, when the opportunity came up uh, and I think at the time they were specifically looking for a comedy writer, like a TV comedy writer um, that I see my advice to people is always be honest about what you like, because then when, everybody you know or kind of know starts getting like oh wwe is looking for comedy writers they're like oh well mccarthy's the guy you know mm -hmm. um and that's what what happened i got the first email from somebody they were like oh you should talk to this guy from wwe and then i must have gotten that message like maybe five or six more times that week from different tv writers um and when i got the job it was, um, it was a, it, so to answer your question, it was a dream job that I never knew that I had or never knew that was even an option, you know? Because uh, I mean, like I would watch wrestling as a kid and then I would like wrestle the couch cushions in my basement and jump off the back of the couch and stuff. But I was like, I don't know if I, because I, I was, I was somewhat athletic. I was on the swim team and stuff, but I was just like, 
I don't know if I, I, I never enjoyed being tired. <laughs> so I was never that interested in, I was like, if I can just be funny, like that's not exhausting at all. Um, did you see yourself so, being a manager at the time? You're like, maybe I could be the next. Well, know. that is the, yeah, that, that was always in the back of my mind. Like, Oh, that would, that would be kind of cool though. But it's, you know, you see, like, I don't know, every once in a while, Bobby Heenan does get laid out or, you know. <laughs> Jim Cornette um, gets hit his old tennis racket once in a while, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so there was, and, and then when I was there, there was always like, I think if I had been there long enough, we put it, would have pulled the trigger on it, but we always kind of joked. Um, and, 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 and that's a lot of ideas would get pitched because once we were fixating on it, a long enough amount of time we we're like why don't we just do it why don't we just throw it to vince and see if he'd be interested in it but there was always a running joke that i was going to be uh seamus's like loser cousin named lamus who was always wow. you know getting into gambling debts or you know getting drunk and running my mouth and getting him into trouble and he'd have to come in and you know you know lamus would show up like oh jesus lamus is here you know you kind of oh, do look like him though yeah, yeah, you know, I mean... It, I'm not just talking it, about, like, the beard and everything. Like, your face actually kind of looks like him. We could... Uh, yeah, I mean, we could have done a... You know, I, I I, always pictured us coming down, like, the escalator, like, in Twins, wearing, like, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the suits. <laughs> like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and... Uh, what's what's his name? Uh, Danny. There yeah, Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's Were you cool with the one writer... Uh, I, um, I got to keep it PG, uh, Big Dick Johnson. Yeah, uh, he had left uh, right before I had gotten there. But, uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, but I, but I, some, you know, I wound up meeting him, um, you know, I think when we were out here, we were in L.A. Um, gosh, what show would it have been? But at any rate, he was already doing Lucha Underground by that point. Uh. Um, and then... Uh, you know, like we we've spoken here and there. Uh, you know, Arnold, I, do you I, remember him? Absolutely. That's why I was so surprised because I had no idea that he was a writer. You know, uh, and I wonder if that was his idea to do that character. I I I don't know the full story. I would assume it was something he would do. You know, at hotels or something, <laughs> and then there, finally it got to the point where it's like we got to just put this on TV. Yeah, he's you like, gimmick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially those days it was it was a lot i got there right like we were we were really doing the pg thing you know but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah when uh yeah but th that's so funny what was your yeah, first um experience man working with wwe as the creative team was it everything that you expected or were you like wow this is overwhelming and or did it kind of like shatter that that boyhood charm because now you know how everyone is backstage. How was that experience like for you? Right. No, I mean, I, most of when I started there, there had just been like a mass like firing. So it was a very small team and they were starting to rebuild. And so the core group of guys that were there when I started um, are basically all still there. Wow. Um, and they will. Like I like I was just texting with uh, Dave Kapoor the other day, Ranjan Singh, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, because he, he saw the progressive spot. And we're just like, how you doing? You staying safe? How's everything, you know? Mm. And, uh, but they will always point out to me that I'm the only ex writer who's still a huge wrestling fan. Like a lot of people get burned out on it or they get turned mm-hmm. on it. it. It only made me a bigger fan because um, everything made sense. You know, every, it, it finally the last piece of the puzzle <clears throat> that was missing for all those years was finally uh, in, in, in it in place again because it was like every every storyline that got dropped or every guy that um was getting a push and then all of a sudden didn't and then every joke that didn't land every you know every like reference i I was confused anything that confused me or didn't make sense or just you know i was like what is going on here everything finally made sense because i got to meet vince and see the the way that it, it the place operated behind the curtain and and be like oh this is this is this is what happens this is how it goes like yeah this is uh and it and it it just gave me a fuller richer viewing experience truly um matt matt Matt, your story is a lot different than our last guest that we had on episode 39 with drew chimnick i would see him walking around him and i are very close i'd see him walking around backstage sweating i'm like drew calm down calm down he's rushing and like anxiety's kicking in so two completely different stories uh but yeah continue oh no i definitely uh i i was stressed out during that job i mean i i (laughs) put it this way before i started um i dave lagana's podcast was still up you know, with what whatever it was called, you know, formerly creative or something, where he would talk to ex writers and talk a lot about what that experience was like. So I had a glimpse into um, how difficult a job it is, and it is a very difficult job. Um, it is not a TV writing job. There is, uh, you know, a TV writers go into a room, pitch ideas, they get assignments, they type it up, they go home. Um, this is much more of your, you know, producing the segments you're dealing with. I mean, dealing with Vince is a job unto itself. Um, and it was, and it's volatile, you know, and it's, and it's, you're in and there's no reruns. There's no off season. You're in a different city every week. Um, it's a grind. And, um, so there were definitely times (laughs) there was one time um i was just like one of the jokes was always like oh matt mccarthy your face is always so red <laughs> that's mm. what that's what ryan ward and dave kapoor would always say to me like why is your face so red um there was one time i was in the writer's room and it was at the end of tv and uh seamus actually came in and he goes uh i don't he's like you know what you look like he's like i you know and he stops himself he's like i don't want to insult you and then of course me included, the whole room were like, no, 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 please insult me. Tell me what I look like. He goes, well, do you remember when Kane unmasked for the oh. first time? <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible, man. That is terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. Oh, um, no, yeah. Dean Malenko used to ask me all the time. He's like, why are you always so disheveled? <laughs> you know, people always say that Dean Malenko is really a funny guy behind, oh behind the scenes. God. Is that true? Yeah. 
in the production yes. meetings, like the, the, <laughs> the way that the, the tables are set, um, it's like the more senior the writer you are, the closer to the front of the room, the closer to the Vince you get. And so I was in like the last row of the writers, which means I was always kind of either next to Arn Anderson or Dean or in front of Arn Anderson or Dean. And it was like, hearing those two make comments throughout the production meeting was like, it was everything I could do not to burst out laughing. And like, like it was like, you know, you don't want to laugh when you're in school because then the teacher's like, what's so funny? Now imagine yep. the teacher's Vince McMahon. You're like, mm, so, why don't you share with the room, pal? What's so funny? Mm, you're, the, you're the goddamn comedy writer. Make me laugh. You know? Uh, but yeah, oh my God, Dean's like, it's one of those things. It's like how he was never able to bottle that and put it on camera is, uh, is incredible. Uh, and it's a shame because he's just, uh, really just such a dry, quick wit. Um, Arn too, for that matter. I mean, Arn was obviously able to tap into, to, to, you know the personality that we saw the the enforcer and all that but uh like dean was just he just he seemed like he was just kind of you know uh just 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 a just a nothing when he was actually very very funny god so funny and like almost a little like you're like damn you should do like <laughs> rose battle or something like he could just like light somebody up I believe that with Arn because I remember I was listening to Eric Bischoff's uh, 83 Weeks podcast and, and um, he, I think Conrad Thompson asked them, you know, out of all my um, co-hosts, out of all my podcast shows, who do you think is the funniest? Bruce, you, um, Tony Schiavone or Arn? And he's like, Arn, definitely Arn. But you really have to get to know him for him to open up and, you know, it's dry humor. But when he's comfortable with you, he's one of the funniest people out there. Oh yeah, when I heard that his podcast was starting, I was like, yeah, but is it gonna be uncensored? Cause I mean, that was what I, I was, you know, I was like, I don't want this guy to like hold back. Yeah. Uh, Cause but he, he would, it's, he's like the dad in a Christmas story. He could weave a tapestry of obscenities, <laughs> you know, like, like nobody's oh, business. Oh, trust trust me. I've seen it at the airport. Uh, it's one of my favorite moments. Plenty of times when stuff's not going right, delays, bags not getting on the flight. You yeah. know, he goes off on. Out of all the um, storylines that you're a part of in WWE as a creative team, which one um, are you the most proud of? Um... I mean, the worst. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, I did, uh, again, I don't know if you know this, I came up with the name, the primetime players. Wow, uh, did you know that? Yeah, we were, we, I, and I, I feel I like, that. yeah. Um, and so I, and I actually, I think I, I, I was, the first time you guys pitched uh, the millions of dollars dance to Vince at TV, I was with you on whatever the segment was. Um, uh, Cause God, I can't even think of what city we would have been in. 
but I remember it was like Vince was alone in his office and I was like, uh, Hey boss, you got a minute? You guys came in and did the thing. He's like, <laughs> love it. Great. Oh <laughs> but uh, That's a thing. blur to me, bro. I'm sorry. That's just a blur. I just don't remember. I always say that like mem- a lot of my memories in WWE, I remember some, but a lot of it's a blur. I mean, I don't drink anymore. I haven't drunk since August 2017, but like a lot of that stuff is a blur. So I, I apologize. Oh, no, I'm with you, man. I <laughs> believe me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I uh, no, because I was I I was with you guys a little more when A.W. was still with the company and was your manager. And oh we kept. God. Yeah. And we I don't know what the segment was, but it kept getting cut. And and poor Abraham Washington just kept getting hotter and hotter each week. When wow. I like, I'd come and be like, "No, it, it's it's cut again." Like whatever, I don't know. I don't even know what it was. It was a backstage, or was it something? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was some. It was it was you know it was going to be a talking thing. Obviously, if I was involved, but it was just it kept getting pushed to the point where it was like it was almost like a joke. Where I was like, "Oh God, I got to go tell these guys this thing is cut again," <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, the. And, and- and like, wait, and like, why, what, like, how's my reaction? Like, do you remember how I was? Because I always ask people, like, how I was as a person, because I, I try to be kind to everyone, you know? You were totally chill. You were almost like, it was almost like you weren't there. You were just like, yeah, eh, you know, I, I remember yeah. AW being <laughs> steamed, you know, yeah. but like, no, every time we ever had an interaction, it was just, you just were always just, quiet and kind of nodded like all right <laughs> <laughs> you know like totally um the segment I'm, the things i'm proudest of um i guess the two things were i wrote the um and it went through a lot of changes uh but i wrote the daniel bryan kane uh anger management uh, oh man thing and that 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 got very everyone yeah i mean the thing that i wrote that stayed like word for word and which is hard to do like because it you know especially in the position i was in like i would give it to brian gewertz and then he would put his polish on it and then it would go to you know through the producers and they would have notes and then the production meeting and through vince um and then you know sometimes with talent they'll they'll want to change things um those two in particular Kane in like in like it was the easiest guy to work with you would you mm-hmm. would give something to to him and he would just be like okay and he would go <laughs> off for 20 minutes memorize it come back and then kill it i don't think he gets enough credit for um again kind of a he was so good you took it for granted, sure. You know, as a as a viewer, sure. Um, but the Kane's Kane's monologue of his history, uh, that I worked on really hard. Like I took a full week, you know, between TVs, um, writing that. Actually, I might have been off of. I, I might have been back on the home team actually when I wrote that, um, and I. I went through every significant moment in Kane's career that I could find. I even, I like combed the internet because I was like, I kind of, I was like, (laughs) I kind of remember Undertaker at one point cutting a promo saying that 
he was in fact the one who burned down the funeral home to kill their parents and kill Cain because he was weak. And I actually found it because nobody, <laughs> everybody's like, I don't know. I don't remember that. I don't know. And this was also even before the network. Right. You know, so I was like, I was like, fuck, do I like ask for DVDs? Do I, you know, from, from the studio? And then I finally found the promo somewhere on YouTube. Thank God. Um, and I even, they were like, Oh, you should go to the, to, uh, the magazines. They have, um, some books. They, there was a couple, I, I wish I could credit who wrote them. Uh, there was a couple of novelizations of like wrestlers backstories. And one of them was like a novelization of the story of Kane. Wow. So I actually thumbed through that for a little bit to get some, some shape to it. But, uh, but yeah, that, uh, very proud of uh, even just the fact that it you know i was getting texts from you know they're up in the vince meeting waiting for vince you yeah. know in stanford and uh getting texts from guys being like dude we just read through it ourselves and it killed like we are that's dying that's amazing um, wow. yeah the my other proudest moment um was during my second run there i i think it was I think it was Miz's idea um, to do a parody of Total Bellas, and so yeah, so so I wrote I wrote that, um, and it was uh, I, I again like everything that was in uh, stayed the same from when I wrote it, except uh, maybe maybe the maybe the only thing that got touched up was. Um, was the uh uh promo that Miz cuts in the very last one where he like he pulls off the gimmick and he just like cuts a monster heel promo. Um I'm chuckling but, because I just remember the the house rules that the Miz would do. Oh <laughs> my god. Voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. That that might have been that I, I'm trying to remember because him and I talked once or twice about the idea and then you know i went and wrote it and then um again you know it went through all the all the places that it goes through before it, you know gets shot and approved um yeah. but uh the only other thing i had that was cut from that uh which i was i was sad what i understood was um i had it written in that uh that John Laurinaitis was in the parodies and he was just, you know, kind of in the pool and like drinking beers. I, I, I never really watched Total Bellas, but they were like, oh, you know, Laurinaitis will show up once in a while. And he's always, he's always just kind of like has a cocktail and he's just like, hey, Daniel, what are you doing? You know? Um, and so I wrote it that it was, but I wrote it that it was, it was actually John Laurinaitis. And then like, he just didn't realize he wasn't on Total Bellas, like he, you know, like, <laughs> like the big reveal where like, where Miz pulls off the Cena stuff and yeah, yeah. Start, right before he cuts the promo, Lauren Ice was going to be like, hey, wait a second, you're not John. <laughs> That's like, cool. Like he had no idea the whole time, but I, I guess that, that got killed. Uh, uh, I don't know by who, you know, I mean, I guess Vince, but um, yeah, but everything else stayed there and, and, uh, I, I love those. Maurice is so funny. You know, I know. Those. I know. Yeah. I remember um, the fans' reactions were like, oh, my God. Like, Maurice as Nikki Bella is better than Nikki Bella as Nikki Bella. Like, yeah. she is so <laughs> she entertaining. 
And yeah. you know, um, I, I, you know, for me, I do watch Total Bells, and I gave like uh, Miz and Mrs. a shot, and um, I like that as well because I liked it because of Maurice. Like Maurice is just such a funny person, and she's yeah. she's more likable on on Miz and Mrs. You, you're kind of like, I know their lifestyle is so extravagant, but like her personality is just so like relatable, you know? Like she just seems yeah. easygoing. Yeah, when I on my second run, they were they were one of the people I was kind of paired up with a little bit. I mean, I was I mostly wrote. Um, I, I at first it was it was just it was vignettes. Like I, I would write the the Bob and Darren stuff. I would write um, uh, the first thing was the Gold Dust and Our Truth. You know those you know well, backstages. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and that you know Nick Manfredini uh, also had a had a big part in those as well. Um, and then, you know, uh, towards the end of my run, I was, I was contributing elements to, um, the fashion police and, uh, particularly (laughs) like when, when they did the Twin Peaks thing, like, uh, my, my, my favorite part was I would come up with the gags on the, like the bulletin board behind them. (laughs) Um, you know, like blue velvet McIntyre or like, you know, a picture of Kane that says fire walk with me. Um, um, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I just have to know um, one, uh, um, one of the things that Tyler Breeze said that was really hilarious was um, when they were talking about the Usos and they said, uh, one day, we, like what, like, what did he say? Um, oh, one day is H. H. Yeah. Did you have anything to do with that? Cause that was just gold. No, there was, it was um, uh, Steve Guerrero and uh, I wish I could think of, uh, who else wrote on those? Uh, Steve, I just, uh, Steve was one of the guys that was there when, like, I started maybe a month or two or a couple before Steve. And then, you know, he, he was the lead writer of SmackDown for, for a while. Um, and then he left WWE maybe last year or the year before. I honestly don't, I couldn't put a date on it, but uh it, it would have been steve uh or or somebody else i can't think of who else wrote on those i'm sorry uh to if if, if he's listening <laughs> but, but no but that 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 would have been i with the with the twin peaks ones or with the fashion police ones i was much more of a um i would kind of take a pass you know try to add in some jokes and stuff um but yeah the uh what was the other thing? Oh, uh, when when Maurice first came back, they were like, I got to write the backstage of like, you know, well, who is she going to be? And I was like, well, let's let's try like she should be like the, you know, if Miz is the A-lister. And so she should be the, you know, the the manager who's, you know, making outrageous demands and everything's wrong. You know, where's the where's the, you know, this bottled water isn't, uh, it's flat. It needs to be Perrier, you know, it's, why is it room temperature? This needs to be uh, this specific temperature. Where's the bowl of yellow M&Ms, you know, that type of thing. Um, and again, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, you almost forgot how good she was. Cause she's like great as like the, you know, walking out with the thing. And she was just always like, she's just got such a great, you know, I don't know. She's just got such a charisma to her. Yeah, very true. Absolutely. Very true, man. Um, now you know that you're watching the product in 2020. Um, 
how do you feel about certain uh, storylines they got going on right now as a fan? You know, do you ever sit back and think like, oh, if I was just there, I would have done this differently. Maybe add something to Retribution or like Roman Reigns storyline. Is there anything that pops into your mind right now that stands out? You're like, oh, they should have done it this way. I mean, of course, that's constantly, you know, on my mind specifically. I mean, I, like I was excited to see Heyman and, and Roman together, uh, although it was, I was just excited to see something happen yeah. with like, you know, uh, it, it was a move I was not expecting, put it that way. Sure. And it was definitely like with some, some real top name talent, like, oh, this is, this is very interesting. So then my next thought was, well, where does, where does Brock fit in on this? You know, because that's kind of the, the follow-up to that. Or um, Is he not? Know, like, isn't he uh, out of the WWE right now? I heard, like, he was like a free Well, he, he doesn't have a contract. So he's, he's just up in Saskatchewan. He probably doesn't even know. He's okay. up in he's, <laughs> he's in Saskatchewan, you know, shooting animals and cutting down trees. He doesn't. Uh, he's he's a happy guy, I'm sure. He's living his best life. Yeah, exactly. We 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 always talk about <clears throat> we watch wrestling that he like behind closed doors. He's got like like small like half reading glasses, and he's always just like <laughs> he's, he's, he's always reading like the Financial Times or you know James Joyce or something, and he's just like. It's like, Rena, Rena, where are my guns? Rena. You know, that type of thing. Oh, man. Um, but I mean, the, the, I'm, tr I'm trying to think because it's been very, I don't know, the, 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 the virus era is a strange time. Um, so I'm, I'm drawing a blank on any specific um, elements. I mean, basically with retribution, for me, um, I, I am sincerely hoping it's not talent from NXT or talent we haven't seen on the main roster before. If anything, retribution should be. I'm telling hence, everybody the Nexus. I'm telling everybody the, the whole universe is the Nexus. You know, you know what, guys? <laughs> I, I, I can almost like 99% say that I, I know who they are. But I, I won't say it. Well, I mean, I've heard things, and there are certain body shapes that I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, Donovan, or, you know, she looks like Mia Yim, you know, yeah. or, but it doesn't make sense for when you go from NXT to the main roster, in, on paper, you're getting promoted, right? right. Right. And, and what are you seeking retribution for? I don't know. Maybe because you're upset <laughs> because <laughs> of the way that they booked the main roster compared to NXT yeah. talent. Yeah. You're, <laughs> so they're already upset. <laughs> but if anything, it should be people that were fired, you know? Oh, and there was, there was like that mass <laughs> firing of like 40 yeah. people at the beginning of, you know, the virus. You know, it should be, you know, your Sarah Logans and your, you know, your whoever, you know, but oh, it's just, uh, you know, I'm like, those are people that are seeking retribution. That's true. Um, not brand new talent. And it's just a weird thing because it's, it's just such a Vince idea. I can just tell like he, sure. you know, Vince was flipping channels and he's like, he saw 
you know, Antifa on Fox News, and he's just like, yeah. mm, what, oh, <laughs> God, what about your heels? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Yes. You know, then he's like, oh, we're going to put people in ski masks on TV and they're going to throw rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Set fires. Yes, Damn, exactly. Mom. I agree. You guys figure out what they want. I don't know. That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but it is, it is a, it, it, it's, it's, there is something a little confusing to me of like, if these people are invading and hijacking your show, ruining your show, uh, why are they now getting contracts to to, to wrestle in the and yeah. you know it it should be there should be a I don't know but maybe even like a raw underground element like it's it's this is again it's Shane trying to take over and we finally find out like he has a beef and it's uh, you know uh, why is I mean they would never do this sure but it would be great if they acknowledged like. Why did Triple H take my place? Why why you act like Triple H is your son? I'm your son, you know, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I think that would be amazing. And th because that now at least we are filling in the blanks of like why do these people have access to the building? Why do these people now have jobs here? Makes you know, sense. Makes sense. It's got to be an inside job. Yeah, man. Yeah, that I that totally makes sense. Wow, that's that's a really good pitch. Um, you yeah. know, one uh, for me, I think you would. I don't know if you worked with them before, but I think you would fit right in with the Iconics because I told Fred oh. they are like one of my favorite um, tag team, and I, they're just one hundred percent entertainment, pure talent. There is no weak link between the two. Equally funny, and they're just they're just great. I love them. I know it definitely feels like. I mean, you know, based on the TV that Peyton's getting, you know, the rocket and I don't know if they have anything for Billy Kay, but I'm like, Billy is, I think she's the funniest. She might be the best promo in the business because she's just so funny. Um, mm. And she just seems effortlessly funny. And it's such a shame that it's always, it seemed like it would always be on dot .com. Uh, mm. It would never be on the main show. Yeah. Um, but like you can go on YouTube and find just like best of the iconics and it's just they are a laugh riot and and Billy in particular. But I now that they are split up, you know, if they stay split up, um I really hope that Billy becomes a mouthpiece for somebody at least. Like she gets yeah. to she should she should be, you know, like her and uh Selena Vega should get into a, you know, a program where like I've got my guys, you've got your guys type of thing yeah yeah um but i mean it's also she's so good billy because um as a heel you want to see it's it's just it's perfect it's perfect it's such a perfect place for her to be because if she was a manager um but of course you can't have a manager because vince doesn't like managers it's got to be an advocate or a life coach or a whatever you know <laughs> um it's perfect for her because she's at her best when she is there's steam coming out of her ears you know and like they, they i don't know what they never unless i missed it they should be selling you got to be joking me t-shirts you know <laughs> with just like like her in rage that's yeah <laughs> that's what i want to see so i'm like it, it would never hurt her for her guys to or girls whoever she's her wrestlers to um be losing because now I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained watching her like stomp and 
you know, jump up and down and, and just, oh, oh, I really hope, I hope beyond hope that they do that with her or at least give her something to do, you know, but Same. you never know. <laughs> you know, uh, Matt, did we talk about the hiring process for you to get into WWE? I don't think we touched upon that, did we? No, I think we blew past it. I mean, it was very much, um, you know, they were open to hearing from com comedy writers, people with TV writing experience. Um, I, whatever the application process was, I submitted, you know, to HR. Mm -hmm. uh, they got in touch with me. Um, I had to get I, I had trouble getting a transcript from my school, from Fordham University, because they said that I owed money for a, <laughs> a, dorm, a dorm room I lived in had extra furniture in it. Oh, and God. so somehow I had to pay money because of extra furniture. And I was like, this is, I'm, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, no, no. You already got a hundred grand 20 years ago. You're not getting a dime more. So I actually took a picture of my diploma and sent it to WWE HR and they were like, all right, that's good enough. Um, <laughs> I got, I got a letter. Actually, I got a letter. I was like, all right, you don't have to send me the transcript. Just send me a letter that says, yeah, he went here. You know, can you do that for me? <laughs> wow. um, I, I'm sorry. A custodian had to move a chair, but you know, I'm not <laughs> whatever. But the, um, the, interview oh the um interview gosh basically the process between when i first contacted contacted them about the job to when i got the job was three months um so there was a lot of time of thinking oh i i guess it's not happening um mm. and the guy from hr might have even have said you know they take a long time to pull the trigger on things. Um, I don't know exactly how much time there was between my interview and my getting hired, um, but I, I was invited to Titan Tower. Uh, I had an interview with Brian Gortz and Dave Kapoor. Uh, and, uh, wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. And also Dave, Dave Kapoor, Arnold, is uh, Kali's manager, just so you know. I remember him, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Dave's the best. Dave, Dave's still there. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I love Dave. Um, and I had to come prepared with, um, I think they were like, take, take anything that's on TV right now, a storyline that's ongoing, take it to what you think is the logical conclusion, you know, grid out a couple weeks of TV, whatever pay-per-views it would go to you know the ins and outs the whys and draw uh write up one backstage segment and one in-ring promo uh and bring that to us and so i this would have been in fall 2011 and i think seamus and Christian were at least doing a TV program. And uh, maybe that week at TV, uh, maybe Seamus and Christian were gonna team up. Maybe they were, whatever, whatever it was, the interaction they had backstage was 
Christian brought Seamus a peace offering. He brought him a potato. And he's like, you know, I, I know you're Irish and, you know, I just want to give you a potato. So that was my jumping off point where it became like, that was, that was like the heart of this feud. Um, and I, I don't know that their interactions went, I should go back and watch. I don't know that their interactions went very much beyond that night. Um, it might've just been something so that, you know, they could get into a match or something uh, on Raw and it wasn't cold. That was always Vince's thing. It's like, oh God, it's a cold match. Why are these guys fighting, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it was, I definitely had an element where either Seamus did it to Christian or vice versa, but it's somebody like went to their locker and like would open up their locker and the whole thing is full of potatoes and it just like, they're all come pouring out, you know, type of thing. And I forget what some of the other elements are. I should look, I have all the stuff that I wrote, um, uh, still sitting in my, in my desk, but the, um, uh, the, 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 the pitch went over, you know, Dave and, and Brian liked it. They liked me. They thought I was very enthusiastic. Um, Dave told me later that when they were leaving my interview, uh, uh, Dave was like, wow, that guy seems, uh, you know, he's, he's really enthusiastic and, you know, excited about it. And Brian's like, yeah, I bet we could break him of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, and, and we talked just about, you know, wrestling and, you know, why, why I like certain things and, you know, my uh, approach to um, writing and, 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 you know, just writing wrestling. And it was, um, and it was great and it went well. And then, you know, I got hired and, you know, so I was on the home team for, for part of the time. I was on the road for a couple months and then I was on the, the home team again. I was there for a little less than a year. Mm. Um, and it was tough because I, I, couldn't do any acting i couldn't go on any auditions right um and and it was funny once in a while like you know somebody would catch a rerun of like curb your enthusiasm that i was on and you know i was constantly getting met with anytime somebody would see me on tv and then they would see me you know like on other people's tv and then they would see me at the arena they'd be like what are you doing here like why are you, <laughs> why are you doing this um yeah because you worked on heavy projects man like the other guys like one of like my favorite like comedy movies of all time like you you oh, worked yeah, on a lot right. of mainstream things right yeah 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 i mean it was funny there was like when i was when i was at wwe i shot a um an episode i was on an episode of louie um so there was and i didn't tell anybody there was one day i just showed up at work with a goatee and they were like you, you look like louis ck and i was like well hopefully at some point that'll make sense because there was just there was an episode of louis where um he watches security footage of himself and it's me in the footage and he's like wait that's not me and the guys are like no that's you dude and he's like that's what i look like you know um I actually even did um, the some sketches for the pilot for the Pete Holmes show um, while I was uh, working there. I think I took again. I I must have taken vacation days or something, and it was like I was petrified because also like I was flying to L.A. to shoot these sketches 
Um, I might have even, th th there was actually one thing that I shot, I was honest with them. And I was like, look, I have a prior commitment. I need to shoot this thing. It's not going to happen all the time. And I remember whoever I told it to was like, well, yeah, no, it's not going to happen all the time. You can't do this. Um, mm. Like, because that's Vince's mentality is like, you know, when you're here, you're here. This is what you do. <laughs> I was nice. kind of able to make it back to New York City from Stanford some nights uh, to do stand up. But it was it was rough, especially if we were there late, you know, because there were some nights we were there all night. Um, yeah. But as far as during the day, it was near impossible. So when I was shooting stuff for the Pete Holmes pilot, um, I lied and said I was going to a wedding. It was something that was, you know, a family thing. It was booked, you know, before I started working there. But it also was the same week that they were going to be in L.A. for TV or SummerSlam or something. Um, and it was like, I was like, I'm going to run into somebody at the airport. And sure enough, when I was at, when I got on the plane, like Mark Carano was on my same flight. Oh, and I was God. Like, I was like, hopefully, oh, no. just, <laughs> hopefully I'm just new enough that he doesn't recognize me or something or, you know. Uh, but uh, like I went and I shot it. And even at the time, like, I remember we shot a bunch of the sketches and Pete was like, um, uh, somebody was having a party. I think maybe Sarah Silverman or... I think Sarah Silverman was having a party and I was like, I was like, I, I'm petrified of going because <laughs> in my mic, because I, I think at the time, Amy Schumer and Dolph Ziggler were uh, dating. I and I was like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go. Amy's going to be there. Dolph's going to be there. It's going to be like, what are you doing here? Why were you on TV? It's going to get back to everybody. Everybody talks <laughs> to everybody. It's just going to become yes. this nightmare. So I'm like, I'm just going back to my hotel and doing nothing you know <laughs> i was like i was so petrified and i i never got busted you know but i was like yeah. so petrified that like this is going to blow up in my face this is going to somehow become the thing that that does me in at this <laughs> in this job you know yeah, you got to cover your bases that was smart man because it could possibly happen <laughs> right yeah but so I, I i didn't expect the wwe gig to be very long term because of you know just the horror stories I had heard of just what a difficult job it was, but then also just in general, I was like, you know, I, there are other things that I want to do. And, sure. and this, this feels a little temporary as, as great as it is. If I could do the thing like, when, when, when they approached me, you know, a couple of years later about being a on consultant, they were like, you know, you can just stay in LA, do comedy, you know, do whatever you want. And we'll just yeah. send you assignments each week. I was like, this is the dream. This is the, yes. you know, this yes. is what I've been holding right. out for. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I'm very grateful, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was such a, it was such a great experience for sure. But yeah, yeah but it, I, I, it was especially being at TV. Um, God, it was, it was, it was just the, the common thing was if this was any other show, but wrestling, there's no way I would do this. You know, I just love wrestling so much that it was like, it always outweighed the, the, the negative of it. Even being like chewed out by Vince for wow, me, it yeah. was, it was still like, God, it's kind of crazy. I'm getting chewed out by Vince McMahon. Like that never <laughs> wore off. Sure. You know, even, even as frustrated as I got, even as much steam as I had that I needed to blow off later. Sure. Um, 
there was still even as much as like times like I felt like I cannot stand this guy like I was still like <laughs> I was still so grateful for the opportunity to be like allowed backstage and be a right. part of it you know yeah. like I like I got to there, there was one time we did like a retro smackdown and like Gene Okerlund was there and my big pitch I was like let's do a thing where we recreate Hulk Hogan and Gene tagging together we where we do it it's Seamus and and Gene he's getting punished by like Laurinaitis or whatever <laughs> and so I got to like recreate like my favorite childhood memory of watching it so it's just like you know cool. yeah very very much <laughs> yeah absolutely that's awesome man so what are your Matt, uh, oh, oh sorry oh no uh, uh Matt did you ever get to experience uh headquarters like the toy room at all do you know what I'm talking no, about no I know I never got to go over there what is, what is it just for talent I thought everybody could go no it was very oh hold on um, I knew, uh, you know, there, there, there's a warehouse with like the toys and stuff. Uh, I did not ever get to go over there. There was always, even like getting stuff from, um, the studio, like requesting DVDs, uh, mm -hmm. was a little difficult for the writers. You know, if, if you had been there for a while, like if you were like Ed or Dave, you could kind of pick yes. up the phone and be like, you know, send 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 over, you know, Saturday night's main event from blah blah blah. But um my experience was much more of a when things were going to be thrown out, uh I jumped in. Like I was there when the writers room moved from the fourth floor to like the second floor. And there was a huge collection of uh, LJN figures that were just in the writer's room that they were like, this isn't moving, grab what you want. And so like some of the more senior writers grabbed, you know, Hogan and Piper or the, you know, the Gene or the whatever. And I just sat there and I grabbed <laughs> literally everything that was left. You know, so I have like, they're all up here. Like I just have this whole collection of just random, oh, I love it. you know, Bundy yeah. and Hillbilly Jim and, and all of them. Uh, same with the DVDs where it was like, we're moving, you know, these are just going. So I'm like, <laughs> I am taking them. Um, when they digitized uh, the magazines, uh, they were like, we're only keeping two hard copies of every issue and anything else. I got there kind of late. The magazines got scooped up, but everything else, like I grabbed a bunch of, a bunch of old magazines. One of them, I'd have to find it. Oh, I moved the magazines up there. I'd have to find it. One of them has like, clearly someone at TV at the time, like wrote down what the utilization was, what the comps were just on the cover. Like they were on the phone with somebody and they, this was the <laughs> magazine on their desk at that moment. Yeah, and they just oh. wrote down what what they did at you know you know whatever arena that day or that week. Yeah. Uh, so it's an interesting uh, element. But um, I even got a bunch of programs from like, you know, just like Attitude Era, Post Attitude Era. Sure. You know, some random SmackDown house show uh, <laughs> uh, programs. But yeah, but I I always <clears throat> I if I had been there a little bit longer, there was one writer's <laughs> assistant who managed to get over to the warehouse and. You know, that was kind of, uh, that was like talent got to go. Um, and also like, 
guests, like guests would, when they were getting shown around, would get to be brought there and kind of like, oh, pick out whatever you want type of thing. But <laughs> yeah, you know, That's my awful. day would have come, but uh, I, I got out too soon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would have, I would have, it's maybe for the best I didn't make it over there. I would have, <laughs> I would have, I would have uh, made a pig of myself grabbing things. <laughs> Uh, Fred, did you want to do the the twenty one rapid fire questions? Yeah, absolutely. Owner, I was just gonna uh, uh, before we take it home. I just wanted to hit you with twenty one totally random questions. This has been a really great episode. So, Matt, are you down to play? Yeah, please. <clears throat> okay, we'll start. Uh, what's your favorite thing in your closet right now? Oh, uh, I have a, a Hannibal Burris T shirt that I'm in the picture with Hannibal just randomly. And it's, it's from the Emerging Comedians of New York uh, Awards. Uh, Mindy Tucker, an amazing uh, photographer in New York, took the picture. And, and I noticed one day Hannibal was selling them on his uh, website. So I, <laughs> I, I have that in there. I haven't worn it. I don't know why. Yes. Uh, when things break, do you prefer to fix it or replace it? Gosh, I like to try to fix it. But uh, it usually doesn't go well. Uh, you like Tim Allen? Um, no. Tim Allen, a home improvement. <laughs> no, I don't think I do. Uh, I don't think I do. Uh, what job would you be absolutely horrible at? Uh, Tim Allen's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite movie ever? Oh, The Blues Brothers. What's the most disturbing thing you've ever witnessed? Um, God. Uh, watching Vince McMahon eat his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him eating his steak and what, oh. steak and veggies, right? And it's like wrapped up. It's like string beans or something, right? This, Did he have I, any carbs or, or no? Oh. God, no carbs, pal. <laughs> Just a blood red steak. I, I remember at one point walking through the room, like where the writer's room was, was the production room stayed the writer's room. And so his lunch was still just sitting there. I remember walking by and being like, is that red velvet cake? And I was like, oh my God, this is old steak. It's still, it was that red. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, me and Titus would always sneak. Well, Titus would always sneak. Well, I would too. We would sneak and like take his shake sometime. I'm like, Titus, what are you doing? Oh, he don't want these. He don't want these. Like the protein shakes that he would drink or like, sure. the, uh, or like the red, it's not the red line, but some energy drink. But yeah, we were oh, bad. The purple <laughs> gimmick. It was like a yes. workout supplement. Yeah, I remember yes. I, I drank half of those once and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah that's why i love it that's why i love it but anyway anyway um if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds what would you say oh wow uh i would recommend uh different grateful dead shows and different wrestling shows <laughs> for sure and i would be like if you have any vhs tapes you don't want send them to me especially uh used blanks uh, what's your biggest pet peeve I think when my hands feel sticky, like, <laughs> you know, like maple syrup, like any, like I hate that uh, sensation. Uh, what makes you anxious? Um, 
turning left at a at an intersection in Los Angeles. Oh yes, yeah, that's perfect. That is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. What's your favorite swear word? Ah, fuck. Yeah, it's just it's, it's so God. It's so good. It's just the f and the k. Uh, what what's the stupidest thing you've ever done because someone dared you to? Um, God, God, oh God! I mean, probably it probably involved drinking, uh, which is probably why I can't remember. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> uh, what is one food that you would never give up? Oh my God. Oh God. Um, wow. Wow. Maybe, maybe peanut butter. Oh, I love peanut butter. Right. I love it, bro. I go through like three jars a week, but yeah, wow. it's, it's my weakness. After we're done, I have my dinner, my first and only meal. And I have like a half a jar of peanut butter. I love it. Uh, if you could have three people over dead or alive, who would they be? Wow. Um, Stanley Kubrick, uh, Jerry Garcia, and Gorgeous George. Uh, gorgeous George. <laughs> Uh, what's the worst backhanded compliment you've ever been given? You look like you were having a lot of fun up there. Uh, that's, you sound like you, you sound I, like Michael Hayes. Well, you look like you were really enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, 14, is your belly button inner or outer? Inner. Inner. Uh, who was your first celebrity crush? Uh, Tracy Gold, Carol from uh, Growing Pains. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, what's something that you've tried that you'll never try again? Uh, there was a Superman roller coaster at um, <laughs> uh, Six Flags. I don't know if it's still there, but no way. And this yeah, was like 20 years right. ago. Is yeah, it still there? Right. Uh, I'm not sure, but I remember the ride. I remember. I remember. Oof. Not for me. Yeah. What was your first job? Uh, a lifeguard. Ah. What was your favorite TV show? My first favorite TV show uh, yes. would have been Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. Okay. Uh, WWE home team or away team? Oh, away team. You like traveling, huh? Yeah, I mean, that was like, I learned more doing that. But when I came back to the home team and we were like trying to book TV, it was so simple. I was just like, well, then we'll do this. Well, then how about, all right, well, then we'll do a six man with all of them. Then we'll do, even when I was doing the Pete Holmes show, when we were trying to seg out uh, a show, they were like, we, we're missing a segment. You know, I was looking at these two shows and I turned around and I look and I was like, make the Kristen Shaw interview two segs and move that over to the other show, you know, because mm -hmm. it was purely from booking TV. It's like, all right, well, we go two segs with this match and then we're fine. We're filling. Uh, home team or away team? 
Um, away team. Because uh, that was that was where I like learned so much about God, just booking the show and wrestling itself and that's like you're really in it and you get to be around you know the talent and and Vince and and even just when I came back to the home team you know booking the show was so much simpler just because I had such a working knowledge of like I mean it was like we're laying out the format I was like yes all right then we just we we do these two guys in the main or they're all right then we do a, a six man with a this is yeah like just put them all in there and actually transferred over pretty well to um uh when I was on the Pete Holmes show, like, like sagging out a, a talk show. Cause it was, I remember one day they were looking at the, the shows and they were like, Oh God, we're missing a segment. We, 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 we need something to fill the segment. I remember turning around and just being like, let's make the interview with Kristen Schaal two segs and then move this other thing to the next night. You know, cause it was, it was straight out of booking raw. It was like, all right, mm. we'll, we'll go do two segs with this match and then we're fine. And then we're, you know, we got the short segment, we got the divas, we got the seg one promo. We're, we're practically done. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, best gift ever received. Wow. Um, wow. I think it was my 21st birthday my brother got me um god i have it right up there uh a recording a bootleg of the first performance of the band oysterhead which i had no idea that it even existed and it didn't exist even until this performance um, and it's, it's a power trio of Stuart Copeland from the police on drums, Trey Anastasio from fish on guitar and Les Claypool from Primus on bass. And I was like, my mind was completely blown. Cause I was like, this is like the perfect, this is all my favorite bands at once. Like, how is this <laughs> even possible, uh, that I'm listening to this right now? I mean, it's like, my it, it, it's like my three favorite things are you know the Grateful Dead, pro wrestling, and and VHS tapes. Somehow, if we can combine those into one, it's your that's the world. Oh, be living my best life. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so so that for sure. My my brother was always uh, incredible at um, gift giving. Still is. That's awesome. <laughs> and and last but not least, is your toilet paper over or under? Over. <laughs> over. <laughs> awesome. What's got two thumbs in the last man standing? Matt McCarthy, thank you for being on Pro and Bro Wrestling. Uh, this is incredible. Arnold and I were just talking earlier. Uh, you're a great episode. Uh, definitely sitting under the learning tree for all of our guests. Uh, thank you for being on. And thank Thanks you so much, me. man. Super fun. Yeah, and I always yeah, appreciate yeah. talking to a fellow um, wrestling, lifelong wrestling fan. You know, I feel like if you know, if I talk to someone who's into wrestling, like it's like you, there's this automatic like friendship that happens because you have like yeah. so much to talk about, like right off the bat. So, and I feel like this podcast can go on forever. And um, I really had fun just chatting it up with you, man. So, thank you so much. Thank yes, you. And, yeah, and honestly, thank you for everything you've done for me in my career because it's only elevated me to what I'm doing now and made me a better performer. So thank you. Yeah, man, that, that was fun. I had a great time talking to him. It's so cool, you know, to 
here's someone that's that's been a fan and got into the business, knows the in and ins and outs, and still left as a fan. And that's that's uh, that's a true fan right there. So really cool to hear his story, man. And that's what it's all about, you know. Him and I are very similar, you know. Like I'm gone, I'm gone from WWE. I'm gone. Yeah. But look at, but look at where Mr. No Day's off is now, you know. That's so right. I mean, I still got a lot left in the tank. That's my favorite catchphrase. Um, and you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, this guest. Uh, Matt McCarthy was incredible. Uh, it, it was great. It was a first for us to really get into the writer's room, the creative team, uh, still being a fan of the business, him uh, <clears throat> helped me create primetime players, him working with um, Bob Backlund and I. So dynamite episode. Uh, and who's next? Yeah, you never know. You never know, man. But before we sign off, I quickly just want to talk about this one topic that everyone's been talking about. I'm sure you heard about it too, but the whole, you know, Vince McMahon banning um, his talent from third party, <laughs> from third party companies like Twitch and Cameo. And, you know, I like when that statement came out, obviously a lot of backlash happened from that. Other people that's not involved with WWE spoke out and said how unfair it is for WWE to treat their um, independent contractors as employees when, when they're not getting benefits. And they're saying, you know, you can't have the best of both worlds. You can't have it all. Either, you know, you become a full employee and give them like all the benefits that they deserve or let them do what they need to do in their free time to take care of their own and their family. And WWE later on, um, uh, released another statement saying, oh, listen, what we meant by that was they can continue to have Twitch and Cameo and all these other third-party companies, but they just can't use the name, you know? But um, I don't know. I just wanted to know what you thought about that. What, they can't use their stage name? It's their stage name, but they can use their real name. So they mentioned like, oh, AJ Styles. Um, well, AJ, I think that's, uh, yeah, he still can do his, um, obviously, up, up, down, down with um, Austin, he can still use that. Um, but yeah, they're just saying, oh, just, you can't use their stage name. Yeah, it's just very, it's just very weird. I don't think, you know, someone like Lana or whoever's using Twitch uh, or um, Cameo, I don't think they're gonna do anything bad. When you're under WWE's conglomerate, like, if you do something bad, then you're gonna, you know, you do the crime, you do the time. So by people using their real name, it shouldn't affect the company. It should only better and get more awareness and get more eyes on the company. Someone that's not yeah. following WWE might want to start following WWE because of like their cameo and their Twitch, you know? So like I said, like if I'm Darren Young and I'm doing something bad on social media, uh, and I'm under WWE's umbrella, yeah, then I should, um, you know, do the consequence, you know? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm using the name D Darren Young, but most most of the time, if I'm going to be using Darren Young, everything is positive. It's something with the LGBTQ community. You just got to be smart about what you're doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to have an OnlyFans page and be Darren Young, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just think it's such a bad look on WWE, man, because, you know, WWE's yeah, already... I was very angry. I was very angry. Yeah, because they're already looked at as, you know, this big, evil corporate company. And they're already, you know, getting backlash about the way they're treating their employees or independent contractors um, to be before this whole thing started. And to add this on top of the fire is kind of like, oh, man, like... You're just like you're just asking for it, man. And um, I, I hold on, I have to check his name real quick. Yeah, um, that one Asian congressman, right? Yes, yes. For him to get involved on uh Chris Van Vliet's um podcast, talking about the rights that these oh, WWE. Hey, oh, and Chris is my friend, by the way. He's not yours. You guys, you guys can have your uh, little uh, you know, pizza and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> he, um, uh, he's my friend. <laughs> we can share him. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Um, but for him to speak up on this, you know, um, and a lot of people will, will say like, oh, he's a politician. He's just trying to get eyes. But hearing that interview, he's a legitimate mm-hmm. wrestling fan. He knows his mm-hmm. stuff, man. And, and it, he's tired of it. Yeah, and it's nice to hear him say that, you know, this is an issue that he's not going to forget about. And this is an issue that he's still going to pursue. And a lot of things that he said made sense about the whole WWE comparing themselves to Disney. You know, how, let's say, Disney owns, like, obviously the likeness of Elsa and Anna. They have to be careful with that. But the differentiation of these char- Disney characters and wrestling, wrestling wrestlers are just so different because... You know, um, they're their own people. And I think people are smart enough to know the difference, you know. And it's just for, for them to compare themselves to how Disney protects their character. It's a far, far stretch. And it's just uncalled for, man. And I hope, you know, I hope WWE fixes this. And I hope they get blasted more for this. And people speak up more about it and see how they're going to handle that situation. Well... With a lot of the brand deals that I've been hitting home runs with, uh, I still say in the subject with the emails, WWE veteran superstar Fred Rosser inquiry. So like, I'm still using superstar because, you know, perception is everything. When you say WWE superstar veteran, not former, I'm not saying former, I'm saying a veteran because if they ask me, oh, do you still work with WWE? Yes, I still work with WWE. Recently, I was on their internet show, The Bump, you know? So they don't need to know, like, if I'm being physical in yeah. the ring. So I'll, I'll be carrying that name until I'm six feet under. You know what that's I mean? Awesome. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, but, yeah, I know that's the big buzz right now. And it's interesting to see where this story takes us. But um, besides that, man, such a fun episode. Uh, I love talking to him. I obviously love talking to you. It's a great one. And 60s yes. in the books, man. Yeah, 60s in the books, baby. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you guys leave a comment and give it a thumbs up. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure you guys give us a five-star review if you like what you hear and let us know what we can do better. And until then, we've got three words for you. Block the hate, baby. Well, that's four, but (laughs) whatever. They get it. It's fine.